May it please the court. My name is Rachel Steenholt, and I represent Mr. Tataro. We are asking this court to vacate the order denying Mr. Tataro's motion to reconsider the restitution payment schedule, and then to remand for reinstatement of the $200 per month restitution payment schedule set out in the second amended judgment. I am here to discuss three errors the district court made when it increased Mr. Tataro's restitution payment schedule from monthly payments of $200 to $1,000. The first error I'll discuss is the district court erred in finding that there was- I have two background questions. Sure. <clears throat> that I couldn't figure out from the briefs. When did Mr. Tataro begin receiving social security benefits? That, um, it's my understanding that it would have been once he was released uh, to home care. But when? I mean, this, is this fact? I mean, this is a fairly important fact. It is. Where, where is it? Well, I will say that uh, the... If it's not in the record, that's the answer. It's not in the record. All right. Then is, did he notify the court when he began receiving benefits of this substantial new source under 3664N as construed in evidence? To my, that's not in the record either, whether he did or did not. Well, if he didn't, shouldn't he be ordered to pay a catch-up? That would be for the district court to decide based off of his financial circumstances. Um, I think that gets to the material change question, is whether or not these Social Security payments amount to... It is. It is what? It is a material change. We, we disagree with that. Then you, then you want us to overrule them. No. Um, here's, here's what makes this distinguishable. So, well, now I've got another question. Okay. Because this record is, I found it very inadequate. Does the appeal include the July 25 amended judgment or just the November 22 order denying the motions? From a jurisdiction, like from a jurisdictional question, are you asking if it's a timely? Is is the earlier order under in a, under review? Yes. Where? How, how do you? Where do? You, what? What authority do you have for your notice of appeal encompassing both? I don't have direct authority okay. on that. Um, I and I, I do want to point out that um, Mr. Tataro um, handled this uh, pro se. Below. He was not represented by counsel on, on this issue. Uh, our office was appointed at the appellate level. But I do want to revisit that material change question. Um, the statute doesn't authorize a new sentencing judge to do a redo. Uh, there has to be a material change in order for the court to revisit that payment schedule. Uh, Mr. Tataro was originally sentenced over 20 years ago. And at that time, the district court acknowledged that 30 years was potentially a life sentence. But in the event that it wasn't, then the judge felt that a $200 restitution payment uh, was appropriate. And so Mr. Totaro is, is basically in the same position that the court would have anticipated him to be when he was originally sentenced and the judgment originally ordered $200. So well, that's a question under, uh, for the 3664 judge to determine. Correct, and we, we believe that they erred. Okay, whatever, whichever government's proceeding under. Yes, so we believe that that was an error, that the district court found there, there was a material change and there wasn't. And that's because Mr. Totaro was, even though he was released early, which is what the district court found, that it was based. So, 
is that a, what, what's the standard of review on this now? Um, this would be, I believe it's an um, abuse of discretion that he found a material change and we disagree with that finding. So again, Mr. Tataro, even though he was released early, he was still released when he was in his 80s. He was released to the same wife. Um, Aren't we reviewing the, the main question in this case for plain error? The procedural uh, question, uh, yes, is for plain error. Um, there's also, we think that even if the court were to find that there was a, a material change, and even if the court were to find that there, there was not um, a procedural error when it came to the notification, that the amount of $1,000, which is 88% of his monthly income, is an, is an abuse of discretion. So, which I, I will turn to that issue. Um, the amended restitution payment schedule leaves Mr. Tataro with just $132 per month to cover any and all of his expenses. Well, that's your reading of the financial evidence. Correct, which isn't disputed. Um, what about hundreds of thousands of assets in his wife's name? His wife's name. I think that's the key part here. Is that well, what, his what authority that that can't be considered? I could not find authority. No, I think you. I didn't think. Yeah, you there's not clear authority on whether a, a a party who she was not a party to the underlying criminal offense. That's not in dispute. Matter necessarily. I mean, it may matter, but there isn't 3664 law to support your categorical assertions of what, what was wrong here, including, including, the wife, including the wife's assets, including the money that he's paying. I mean, the, the, the little bit of left in, is after he pays $1,000 to his wife every month, right? Correct. Yeah, I mean, the 88% includes money he's paying, he's paying to his wife to help with her medical expenses, which which is understandable, but while they sit on very substantial, tangible assets. So, so even if the court were to find that that it is appropriate for the spouse to to cover their their spouse's criminal restitution payment. Um, here, the amount is just too much because what it does is it makes Mr. Tataro, in essence, a financial dependent on on his wife, and um, and yeah, at the well, what, what, what's so what so so I, it's it's um, an abuse of discretion to do so. Um, so I, I I do want yeah, but you don't have any authority for that. You're saying that that the wife prevails over the restitution victims. Not necessarily. What do you well, I'm, I'm disputing that the district court found that his wife was in a financial position, in a secure financial position, in order to, in essence, take Mr. Tataro on as a financial dependent. So even if we set aside her chemotherapy treatments, her current monthly expenses did exceed her, her income. And then on top of that, you add the $3,000 monthly. I've done an awful lot of 3664 research yes. in the last two years. Yep. And to my knowledge, there is no case supporting your approach to this. I agree. They are live issues for sure. Mm -hmm. But this notion that the wife has to be excluded and Social Security benefits should be excluded and so forth, there's no support for that in the, in the federal appellate decisions. We are venturing into new territory with this. Well, there's... All right, but yes. why should we do that? Why, why, do, why does, why does your, 
your client and his wife deserve the kind of priority over restitution victims that Congress seems to have said over and over again is inappropriate. What I think is important here is that we're supposed to look at what the original sentencing judge determined that was fair. No, that's not what 3664 supplemental proceedings say. You look for change of conditions, and you look for new sources of revenue, you look for change in, in financial circumstances, and anything else mm -hmm. in the totality that might be relevant today that wasn't there yesterday. And our position is, is that the district court would have foreseen Mr. Tataro to be in exactly, almost exactly the same position that they find him today. When? Well, so what? So then there's no material change. Because... But there's obviously a material change. First of all, there's the benefits. Right, but we don't believe that... that alone, I, I fault the government for, for not um, seeking more. Well, we disagree that there's a per se rule that... No, there's no per se rule. Okay. But, but the 3664 mandates the inquiry with the restitution victim's interests firmly in mind over whether it's a material change. Correct. Of course, we've rejected the government's notion that any, any new resource is, is automatically in there. Mm -hmm. But that was a very special case. That was... That was an inmate account. Sure. This is not Social Security benefits are almost universal if if uh, if a person serves a long enough sentence. Okay. And the authority says they're material change. Well, I disagree with that. There should have been a notice, and that means there should have been some pay there should have been some increased payments the first month those benefits came in. We disagree that there that those benefits the payment of them equals a, a material change. But I do want to... without authority. I mean, you, you just... Right. We do distinguish in our briefing cases where um, courts have looked at Social Security payments, and it's been... Even though, even though an incarcerated person does not have the, the expenses of... Re, the new expenses of retirement that everybody else incurs and mm -hmm. that are the basic per underlying purpose of Social Security benefits. But nonetheless, we nonetheless the, the incarcerated person gets to keep having free housing and meals. When I think and, and the benefits. So I think you hit on a, a key distinguishing um, from the from the limited cases that kind of have looked at this scenario. I think you're hitting on a key part, which is in Die and which Die relies on Grant, which is a Second Circuit case. The the individuals did get more money, but they were inmates at the time. Here, Mr. Tataro uh, was released, uh, and he needed those Social Security payments to be able to subsist, which is different from from um, the inmates in Die. Was he on home detention? He was, and then he was released ultimately on compassionate release. I See, I had a quick question going yes. back to that earlier discussion about which order is on appeal. Yeah. Now, do you think we are reviewing both orders, the order denying the motion to reconsider and the original order, or just the, the former? Just the motion to reconsider? Well, there's a lot of overlap between the two, but I guess our position 
would be that the the order we appealed or mr tarot appealed from was that that order to to reconsider order denying the motion to reconsider correct well, i understand the overlap but there may be a difference say in the standard of review uh, a motion to reconsider is not always the same as the underlying issue in the sure well and to that point that you know nothing was raised in the government's brief on timeliness that wasn't dispute or know, or, or any I sort know, of standard I reviews i know it wasn't raised yeah. but it still could be I don't know if it's jurisdictional or not in a criminal case. Maybe they've waived uh, any, you know. Um, I would like to reserve the remainder of my time for rebuttal. Thank you, Ms. Steenhold. Mr. Kelderman. Good morning, Your Honors. May it please the court and counsel. I'm Eric Kelderman, Assistant United States Attorney representing the uh, government in this appeal. The standard of review here, uh, as, at least as to this procedural issue, is uh, it's one of those rare cases where uh, there actually was an error. The United you States know, that wasn't argued this morning. Why don't you just rest on your briefs on that? Thank you, Your Honor. The, uh, so you're acknowledging that we're reviewing the July order. It sounds like the government didn't argue at all that the notice was untimely as to that. So you've forfeited any claim of untimeliness? It, we did, Your Honor. Uh, I thought about it at the time when I was uh, drafting the initial brief. I don't need your I, whole thought process. I just wanted to know the bottom line. You're not, the government is agreeing that we can review the July order? Correct, Your Honor. I see. Yes. <clears throat> there was a material change in circumstances. Totaro got out on his home confinement. So he got out of actual physical custody in a prison, and uh, this was a BOP decision on compassionate release. He went home, and he was on home confinement at that time. I don't believe that uh, the Social Security benefits started at that time. My memory is that they started later on when he received compassionate release and the district court reduced his sentence to a sentence of time served as of, uh, I believe it was March of 2022. <clears throat> That's when the Social Security benefits would have started from my memory. Uh, he began paying at that time $25 a month. And he paid $25 a month on seven different months for a total of $175. Are you paying until March 2022? I don't, uh, no. I don't believe that he made any payments before 2022. He never notified the court. When, when should he have started making payments? Well, the United States would say that he should have started when he was on home confinement uh, because he was out of custody. He could have done any number of things. He needed court permission or uh, U.S. probation permission to do a number of uh, different things. He claims that he had to do it. Did you seek that catch-up? We did not at that time, Your Honor. Uh, this, I'm not sure that the United States was even aware that he was on home confinement. I didn't ask our financial litigation unit if they were notified when he went to home confinement. Did, did the district court's increase from the, from 200 up to 1,000 have anything to do with catching up, or was it based on the finances at the time? I believe both. 
Judge Lang wrote in his order that uh, the $200 per month payment was barely going to put a dent in the restitution that he owed and that he had income coming in, that he had his Social Security benefits that were uh, going to start coming in, and uh, the whole point of his order, of the district court order, was to at least accelerate the rate of payment on uh, almost $2 million in restitution that Totaro still owed. The material change, uh, the Second Circuit Authority that's cited in the brief shows that that uh, Social Security payment was a material change. It was something that uh, is specifically allowed or permitted for the district court to consider. Uh, The district court also noted in its order that there was no reason because at the same time when the judge, when Judge Lang issued the order to show cause why the restitution shouldn't be increased, Totaro himself moved for, to uh, have his restitution amount waived or to uh, stop restitution, saying that he didn't have the money, that he had to give it to his wife. Well, he walked out of prison or walked out of home confinement to a home where his when, wife already when was had. that motion decided? In the order? Yes. The, the July order? The, the order on the uh, motion, I'm sorry, the order modifying the restitution, the original one, okay. and then there was a, a motion for reconsideration. I believe Judge uh, Lang reiterated some of the points in that one, but... He walked out, and his wife already had all of these expenses that are listed. She had house payments. She owned a car. She had, I believe it was nearly $80,000 in different bank accounts. In other words, he walked out, and he even admitted in his briefing at one point that he was providing his wife with $1,000 a month. That was how he was claiming that he didn't have the money to do anything. Well, the court found that he had $1,000 a month, but these expenses existed before. His wife's financial uh, situation was not in jeopardy, and he made all of these findings. That, and these are things that uh, Totaro himself had put into the record, uh, his admission about the $1,132 a month, and that he was providing that money to her. And so the court said, these expenses were already taken care of, and so now... That $1,000 a month, that $1,132, you are going to pay a 1000 of it toward the restitution that these people have been waiting for over 20 years to receive. As to the material change, it doesn't have to be Uh, necessarily a windfall of money or anything like that before the court can call it a material change. Judge Judge Lang, the district court here, appropriately looked at that amount and said, this payment is coming in and it's a regular payment. It's something that you're going to continue to get. The rest of your expenses are taken care of and it was perfectly appropriate uh, for the court to look at that.
Your Honors, the United States submits that all of these things were appropriate for the court to consider. The financial circumstances, the change that he had, and then what he walked out of prison, both literally when he got home confinement and also figuratively when he went from home confinement to just being on supervision. All of those things constituted a material change, and the United States requests that the court affirm the district court order, I guess, on reconsideration, denying reconsideration of the restitution amount that it had set in its original order, increasing the amount. I had anticipated that I would be talking more about the first issue, but at this point the United States has nothing further to present, and we ask that the court affirm the order. Thank you, Mr. Kelderman. Thank you. I want to hit on my opposing counsel's points that he highlighted in Judge Lang's orders, which was $200 was barely going to put a dent in restitution, and so the goal was to accelerate the payment. I think that highlights that the judge's intent was to do a redo of the original sentencing hearing. The original sentencing judge knew that it was very possible that these victims would never receive this total restitution amount. I find it interesting that the court said at this age, at your age, this may indeed, as your counsel has indicated, be a life sentence, and if it is, there's probably no life sentence that is more just. Correct. Showing great sympathy for Mr. Totaro, right? Right. But I think that also highlights... So you think if that judge had ruled on this order, he would have gone back to the prior, I don't know if leniency is the right word, I don't know what 50% of Mr. Totaro's income while incarcerated was, how $200 change relates to that. So we know what the... Do you know? I'm not sure I understand the question. How much got paid back while he was incarcerated? He states $7,200, and that's in the record in his briefing. For how many years? Over 20 years, and he paid about $30 a month is what he stated. But to your point about what the judge said at sentencing, yeah, when it comes to restitution, it reflects that he thought that he understood that it was a likelihood that these victims would never receive all their money. And he said that if he were to get released, which was possible that he would not be released, then he found that $200 was appropriate. And it's not for this judge to do a redo of what the original judge found. I think that you're wrong as a matter of statutory interpretation. Okay. Just dead wrong. I mean, 3664 contemplates these kinds of inquiries. And if it's a different judge, it's a different judge. I see that my time is up unless the court has any other... I don't see any. Okay. Thank you, Ms. Kelderman. Thank you. Thank you also, Mr. Kelderman. The court appreciates both counsel's presence and argument to the court this morning. We'll take the case under advisement.
Thank you, Mr. Dean.